MailChimp presents. Have you ever heard of the dreaded customer? You know, it's when marketers throw their customers into one big messy group, failing to define them by their different needs or habits. It can show up when coupon codes meant for new customers are sent out to everyone, even return customers who can't use the discount. Basically, it's a mess. If you're a marketer, Intuit MailChimp can help you personalize your marketing campaigns so that you meet customers' individual needs instead of missing them. Turn customers into customers by personalizing emails and SMS based on real-time behavior data. Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automations brand. Based on competitor brands' publicly available data on worldwide numbers of customers in 2021 and 2022. SMS is available as an add-on to U.S. paid plans only. Visit MailChimp.com for details. This is Going Through It, a show about women who found themselves in situations where they said, nope, uh uh-uh, not today, and they made a decision to make a change and turn something around. I am your host, Tracy Clayton. Oh, man, I envisioned my baby coming naturally. That was the ultimate plan. That is Danielle Brooks, who you might know as Tasha Tasty Jefferson from Netflix's Orange is the New Black. And baby, she got a story. I wanted a natural birth. That's how my mama did it and her mama did it. I wanted to not get any epidurals. I didn't want anything planned, you know, certain time. I just wanted her to come when she was ready to come. Danielle and her fiancé, Dennis, had a plan for how they wanted to become parents. They wanted to be old-school parents, like their parents and like their parents' parents. But her doctor at the time had different priorities. I felt that she was trying to push me to have the baby at a certain time so that she could deliver my child. I was like, let's schedule it, you know? And I was like, no, I don't want to. And so then this whole thing came with like, you might have preeclampsia. Preeclampsia. I had to look that one up. And it's a condition where you get really high blood pressure along with other symptoms during the pregnancy. It's very, very not great. Danielle was confused because she knew that she did not have that. And that went on for a while. And then she started handing me articles about, like, why it's good to deliver at 39 weeks. And I was like, I don't want to deliver at 39 weeks. I want to deliver when this baby won't come. This started to stress her out. But then she found out why the doctor wanted her to deliver early. Being 100, it was her birthday party that she was having out of town. And she wanted to deliver the baby before that happened. What? The nerve, the absolute nerve. Luckily, I stood my ground with what I wanted and ignored the preeclampsia whole ordeal, which is a serious thing. This all made Danielle determined to have her baby the natural way, just like her mom had done, just like her grandmama had done. She started exploring doulas. She specifically wanted a black doula, and a doula is someone who could advocate for her when she wasn't able to in these doctor's appointments. She found one, and she finally felt like she had this thing under control. I thought everything was fine, and the doctor was like, you only dilated two centimeters, and you have to get to 10. And I was like, I've been in labor at home for like eight, nine hours. What you talking about? And then all of a sudden, like three minutes later, she looks at 
this monitor and she starts calling people in but not telling me why and before I knew it it was literally 10 people in a room with them throwing an oxygen mask on my face and IV in my arm and they're just like stay calm stay calm I'm like what you mean stay calm so I'm looking at my doula I'm looking at my fiance I'm like what is going on and they're looking at the monitor and she finally tells me she's like the baby's heart rate has dropped just like that, in a matter of minutes, the doctors told Danielle that her baby was struggling to breathe. They also told her she might have to have a C-section to save the baby. This moment in my life, having a child, definitely was one of those moments where, like, nah, mama knows best, um, and I knew what was right for us. You and your child, are you have to communicate with each other on what's best. And, like, listening to your body and listening to the way that your child is moving and, 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 and moving in your body kind of will tell you the steps to take. And that's what I felt like I because when when she was inside me and it was time to give birth and they were saying that her heart rate had dropped, she's saying, I can't do this, Ma. And I'm saying, OK, baby, that's the dance we take in. We need someone else to take a step, help us take a step. Let's do that. Sometimes we can have it all planned out and then everything just goes out the window as soon as life starts throwing us curveballs. In this moment, Danielle realized that flexibility was key and she says that she owes all of that to her baby, Freya. Whoa, baby, this is going through it. Okay, do you think that this was your first test as a new mom? Yes, I think this was my first test as a mother. The whole nine months was a test. <laughs> it was a test in, you know, starting a family and the sacrifices that it will take to be a mother. Um, I was learning really early in jobs that I wasn't able to do um, and being okay with that because I, you know, was a mom now and my body couldn't do certain things and accepting that my body couldn't do certain things or saying, you know what, actually my body can do this Shakespeare in the park and be out here in the woods until I'm five months pregnant. I can do that, you know. I always thought about um, Audra McDonald's doing Shuffle Along, seven months pregnant. I was like, I can do that. So um, congratulations on creating a child. I know you didn't do it by yourself, but <laughs> you're the one who like basically made the heart. You've made lungs yes, and kidneys. Yes, I did. I can't Thank believe you. that women do that. I grew amazing. Either. Congratulations. Thank you. Why was it important to continue to work on your career while you were pregnant? Ooh, because I can't not work on my career. I love to work. I do. I love to do what I do. I love acting. I love being on stage or being on a set. Like, that's, it keeps me going, my heart beating. I could not not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was there ever a moment where you were like, well, maybe I'll work or maybe I won't? But were you always just like, Right. I wanted to just push the limit. Yeah. I think that's always been my style, you know, whether I was pregnant or not, you know, doing Color Purple and Orange is New Black at the same time and uh-huh. now having the challenge of being a mother and trying to work at the same time. Like, I've always liked the challenge of, like, how far is a woman 
can I go? Yeah. And um, getting to do Shakespeare um, while I was five months pregnant um, was really cool. Yeah. So I know that work is hard, generally. Um, and I know that sometimes when you're working hard and you push yourself, like it's easy to burn out if you're not careful. So did having this life inside of you as you were working, did it force you to think more about like taking care of yourself and pacing yourself? Like how did, how did working while you're pregnant? I mean, it sounds like a silly question. How did it differ than not yeah, being pregnant? But you know differs. what I mean? And in in most for most ways, actually, it benefited me a lot mm. because on one end, you like first of all, when it comes to theater, any any kind of acting really doesn't matter, but specifically theater, mm-hmm. I'm a very physical actor. Like even in this, I was rolling and doing cart, trying to do rolls and what? all this stuff. With the baby Hit the baby in my stomach <laughs> on the floor at the Delacorte, rolling around. Like, the I baby love... was like, "Girl, what are you doing?" <laughs> up no, there? I had to slow down a little bit. <laughs> I love being a physical actor, mm-hmm. um, but I had to pull back and I had to make sure that I was taking care of myself. But on a deeper level. When I was doing my last theater job, I had so much anxiety, hmm. so much like I, like being, you know, I had given put so much pressure on myself um, being on Broadway. This thing that I had idolized and wanted to do for so long. Mm-hmm. I finally was getting that opportunity, getting Tony nominated and this Grammy nomination. I was like feeling like a fraud. I was like, oh my God. So I had a lot of anxiety with that. Hmm. Feeling through like a it. fraud for why? Because I was like, I didn't punk these people to think I was this good. <laughs> and I now I know I'm that damn good. But uh-huh. it's it's hard. I was like, I can't believe like it's my first Broadway show and I have a nomination. This is amazing. <laughs> and there's twelve hundred people watching you and you're playing the role that Oprah played. It's just a lot of mm. pressure. Um but you know, when you have a child growing in your body, mm-hmm. it did not matter that I had now 1,800 people looking at me mm-hmm. every night. And I was the lead this time. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. I felt so much freedom. Aww. I felt so free. I couldn't do no wrong. I didn't matter if I messed up a line, fell uh-huh. on my butt. I didn't care. Because I was growing a life and nothing could beat that. Right. Like, there's, it didn't matter. Like, okay, I flubbed this line. Like, I'm growing lungs right now. And y'all don't even know it. <laughs> like, so, right. back, back, okay? <laughs> um, and so it just reminded me, like, life doesn't have to be that deep mm-hmm. all the time. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy it. Enjoy this moment. And, like... Don't take it too serious all the time. Wow. What do you tell that voice inside your head? Or what would you say to a woman who was having a voice inside her head that's just like, you know, like, you need to have a natural childbirth, otherwise mm. you're failing as a parent. You need to do things the the good old-fashioned way. You need to breastfeed, otherwise your child wouldn't be as smart and you're being selfish. Like, what do you say to a woman who has all this conflict in her head between what she wants and what the world tells her she shouldn't want? There's no right or wrong way to do this thing. Mm. And you're going to get so much advice, but, like, F all of the advice— Take what you want, and that works for you, and leave the rest and do it your way. You're going to still raise an amazing human being. Like, the funny thing is, I was someone who's like, I wanted to breastfeed. I had mm-hmm. a lot of trouble breastfeeding in the beginning. 
almost gave up on breastfeeding. And <laughs> my mom was like, Mom! Which, this is the Southern private folks, but I'm about to put her stuff on blast. She'll be all right. She'll be all right. Love you, Mommy. This is going to help somebody. So I'm like, Mom, I'm having trouble breastfeeding. Like, what was your experience? And she's like, Danny, I actually had trouble breastfeeding, too. You only got breastfed for about a week. I was like, well, I wish you would have told me that. Like, if you would have told me, I would not have been going through all of this. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I was fine. Like, it's fine. Right. Do you? Grew up nice and healthy, got a fine. job. Very healthy, you know. <laughs> so do it your way. That is funny. Mm-hmm. What is something that people don't tell you about childbirth that you wish they would have told you? Postpartum, people don't talk about the pain of breastfeeding, getting used to that. It's more so the after effect. It's been challenging. It's been hard um, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, on a lot of different levels. It's been hard to get back. Mm -hmm. You know, physically, externally it's it's challenging. I mean, like, I'm not in the same body. And and one end, you have to kind of allow yourself to mourn the person that you've known Mm. of yourself. That 29-year-old Danny that was free and, like, you know, voice of the curves and all this stuff, (laughs) I'm mourning her. And Mm. it's not that she's not, like, it's not that parts of her can't still exist, but I will never be that same Danielle. Mm. And that's okay. And I'm getting to learn that that's okay. And create this other part of myself that is like learning to blossom and bloom and be like this lively, beautiful being. I'm learning how to do that. Yeah. Is that a thing that you had to learn that those things were okay? Because like, I feel like, I don't know, it's hard to complain, quote unquote, complain or vent or just talk about like how you really feel sometimes without somebody being like, well, other people have it much worse. You should be blessed. And I feel like with motherhood, you know, it'd be like, oh, but it's such a blessing. It's such a joy. Like, how did you learn to be like, it's okay if I don't like this today? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I I hear you. I hear you. I feel like for the beginning stages, I was like, you know what? I'm so, very much what you're describing. Like, uh-huh. there's, there's so much to be grateful for, right? And like, I've always been in this mindset of like, speaking over your life. Uh-huh. You know, what you say really does affect your inner being and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. but then there's sometimes you just can't control Listen. how you feel yeah and to acknowledge that that was my first step was mm. to acknowledge that I'm feeling a bit depressed and I don't like it yeah and so to also know like I'm not alone so sometimes I talk about it yeah you know I'd rather talk about it than sit here and try to like put on a happy face all the time when I'm really feeling like broken mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how Ooh, do you Lord. how do you move in your brokenness like Ooh. how do you still not allow your circumstance to weigh you down where you can't function right. you know and I think for me it's acknowledging it, having my little moment, and then giving myself tools to move through it. Mm. And so that's where I am. And right now I'm like gratitude, 
making sure that I stay in a place of gratitude, walking, take my baby out and for a little 30 minute walk if I got to. Uh-huh. Try not to eat too much chocolate, child. Like, <laughs> um, talk, 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 talk it out. Find somebody that's going to listen to you. Like, like, that's really what it is. If, even if you got to pay them to listen mm-hmm. to you, find somebody. That's you real. Call your mama. My call mama somebody. will talk for hours. So calling uh-huh. her and just talk. That's what I'm trying to do. I love it. Um, Speaking of your mom, Uh um, what did you learn from the people who raised you? Unconditional love. Mm. Unconditional love. My mother, my grandmother, and my godmother Mm -hmm. have all taught me that. Just having somebody, no matter how... You know, uh, as a teenager, how much attitude and how ugly I could have been, you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I just try to do that with Freya. It's hard having patience with a child. You sleep deprived and Mm -hmm. barely can get in a shower and... You forget to eat, and, and you got to breastfeed, and you change the bottles, you know, clean the all these things that happen, and and you just want a second. So I just try to remember, you know what, my mama, I know she gave me unconditional love. Mm. I know she played with me until her eyes was bloodshot red. Aww. I'm going to just keep doing the same thing. And I paid off. Like, her sacrifice of that unconditional love paid off for me. Mm-hmm. And I want that same for her, for Freya, you know, so that she can stay the happy baby that I call her happy baby. <laughs> there she it. is. I love it. I love there it. There she is. Talk to me about Freya. Yes, she is a Tell me diamond. about her personality. She's happy all the time. Like, I call her my happy baby, happy baby. She <laughs> smiles at everybody. She looks happy. She is a mama's girl right now. Like, she's under her mom. She's at that point. She's three and a half months. when she's at that point where it's like, she doesn't reach for me mm-hmm. if she's in someone's arms, but she will cry and, like, follow oh. me around the room. She's like, I see her. I see yes, her over there. I don't have the motor skills yet. Right, know. right. She's very, <laughs> I think she has a good, level of discernment too like like I just always like who's she gonna cry with and the people she (laughs) cries with are the ones I'm always like "Mm -hmm, I was a little questionable about you anyway babies know (laughs) they do know babies and pets know it's like they can see like the true essence of who you are and if they not feeling it mm -mm. I know right (laughs) I know talk to me about um, getting a nanny I don't know many black women who have nannies Mm. Um, I know I didn't have one. I had my mother and my grandmother, mm. similar to you. And I feel like there is this idea or this misconception that we don't need help mm. or that asking for outside help, especially when mm. it comes to raising our kids as women who have been seen as like caretakers of the world, but of our kids, plus white people kids, you know, like mm-hmm. how did you mm-hmm. push through the idea that like this is radical, this is wrong, it should be you with your baby, because that's how it's always been, you know? To be honest, I didn't want a nanny. I didn't want one. I wanted to go old school and, like, do it how my mom did and try to be superwoman. And and the crazy thing about it, Tracy, is I feel like more so other people put on you that you should be superwoman. Yeah. I feel more pressure from the outside world from my people (laughs) being Mm -hmm. like you can 
you know, wash the dishes and do the clothes and yeah. wash the baby and, and work too. Right. You can do all that and cook, right? You, uh-huh. can, you got this. It's just like mama did it, grandma yes. did it. So you can do it. And that. people just yeah. expect that you can do it. And it's wild. It is wild. Mm. And I don't understand how they did it. Especially like my great grandmother had seven, eight kids. Ooh. Yeah. It's a lot. And no nannies. I'm, no, I'm n- heck no. <laughs> if the nannies was the oldest child. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> um, so it blows my mind, first of all, so much respect to the mm. generations of women who held it down and definitely had way more than two kids Listen. and like were really running that household. Like mm-hmm. shout out to them. Infinitely. But there is nothing wrong with getting that extra help. It's black women. We need that extra help. So the the old school way that you were talking about parenting, like doing everything yourself. Um, how and when did those ideas shift for you? When were you like, okay, like it's nannies are cool. I can do this. Was it like a particular time or incident that did it? <laughs> Girl, I'm still figuring it out. Oh, I'm like, this, like this segment is about being in the middle of it. <laughs> wow, being in the middle of that journey. Like uh-huh. I'm in the middle of that, you know, of going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm figuring that out. I still don't want an any, but I know I have to because the only way that I'm gonna function is if I do get to work. If right. I do get to still be Danielle and 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 do the things that I love to do. Mm-hmm. And that will service my child too. Right. You gotta be together and healthy so you that know? you can keep the child together. And so healthy. I'm I'm learning to let go and and not be the Virgo that I am. <laughs> that is very controlling and likes to do things the way that she likes them done. Mm-hmm. Um letting people do them their way that still work too. Right, right. Uh, so I'm in I'm in that moment now. Yeah. Of figuring out why. <laughs> why am I doing this again? <laughs> I feel like we are all in that moment in some form or fashion. What does black motherhood mean to you? It's almost like the tree. It's almost like a big old oak tree is how I look at motherhood. Like, it starts from us, you know, like hundreds of hundreds, when you look at those big oak trees and like all those roots and how grounded they are and how we just can't live without them. I just feel like that's what black motherhood is. It's the source. It's like the richness that that tree has, the history that that tree carries, the layers that that tree carries. And it's what makes everything move and you know nature is the foundation so i guess i look at black mothers like the strong oak trees that we are um, that can't be knocked down Mm -hmm. i think that's what i would say that was so you know you get some snaps i do when i think about like motherhood and like do i want to have a child That's what I want to be a part of, you know, Mm. because I mean, like I was brought up by some amazing oak Mm -hmm. trees and I would love to be able to pass on all of the great things that I got to my own kids. So (laughs) this is this is no longer about me. This is now about my friend Stacy. Right? Okay. Um, Stacy. <laughs> Remember, Stacy is not Tracy at all. This okay. complete coincidence. We couldn't believe our similarities in name either. So, Stacy grew up thinking that she wanted kids because she was supposed to want kids. Mm. Right? Like all the movies and the TV and everything. It's just like, woman, baby, 
happiness and growing up around me, like all the black women uh, around <laughs> Stacy. Now, growing up around Stacy was women who were doing the same thing. <laughs> she feels like the world is just so much in that having to be responsible for a baby in a world where there are murderers and terrible presidents and racism that may or may not ever go away. When she thinks about that, it's like, she doesn't know if she could handle that stress. What would you say to my friend Stacy, who was not me? Stacy. Tracy. <laughs> you got I'm gonna me. tell Stacy. I'm gonna tell Tracy about just tell Stacy. Okay. Um, I felt the same way. First of all, you're not alone in that feeling. You shouldn't feel bad about feeling that way. I felt that same way. Um, and even having her watching the news is intensified. Oh God. But One thing that I can say now that I'm on the other side of it is I feel like there's this huge possibility that she can be someone who adds so much to this world. Uh Like she can be that Michelle Obama. You know what I'm saying? She can be that Tracy. She can be that Danielle. She really can be that person that can really change that thing that scares you so much. Mm. Um, and that excites me, is how can I raise, like Stacy said, these women <laughs> that have come in her life before, her mother, her, her grandmother that have raised her, uh-huh. what they instilled in her, you can now instill in this child. Oh. And so that is what comforts me at night, is knowing that the way I'm raising her mm-hmm. is going to make this place a better place. Right. Or at least her world a better world. So hmm. I bet I bet Stacy has not thought about it that way. <laughs> Can't wait to tell her that. <laughs> Thank you for that advice. Yes. Well, um, this has been a fantastic conversation, not just for me, but also my friend Stacy will benefit from it a lot (laughs) as well. And I'm sure that everyone listening feels a little more seen because I do. And again, I don't even have any kids. So this was fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Next time, bring the baby if you like. Um, Babies like me after a little while, they got to warm up to me. But um, I think me and Fred would get along. I think she would love you. (laughs) I really do. Well, Miss Danielle Brooks, thank you so much for your time. Please come back anytime. Thank you for having me finally. Finally. (laughs) Going through it. Going through it. We got through it. We (laughs) We got through it. We got through it. I loved talking to Danielle about motherhood so much because of how open she was and how generous she was with her experience and her information because motherhood is not always easy to talk about for everybody, especially in this economy, child. You got pandemics and student loans and TikTok. What even is that? I'm not completely sure. I don't understand a lot of things, (laughs) but this is all stuff that would definitely affect my imaginary child. And so, me and my homegirls gathered over some good food and some good drinks, and we talked about the types of mothers we have and the types of mothers that we hope to be, if at all. All right, well, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers Cheers to technology. Do you want one to be moms one day? I'm open, but 
it's not like on my vision board you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think it's a lot of work it's a thankless job and i want a little bit of credit for the things i do in life so the jury is still out the jury is still out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember what i was like as a child and teenager <laughs> oh lord was it that bad no comment <laughs> I absolutely uh, want to be a mom one day, but I think I'm gonna be an old mom. Like, mm. I'll be like that that um, that gif of like that old guy with his cane in the three piece suit at the graduation. Like, I feel like people just like to shame women no matter what. Like, the fact that people, like my best friend, she doesn't want to have children. And I'm like, that's good that you know that so that you're not messing up a child. Exactly. And, um, or like, if you do want to have a kid, like too young, like they shame that. Or like, even if like me, even me telling a lot of people like, yeah, I want to have a baby one day, but I think I'll be like older. Like, that's selfish. It's like, okay, like I can't win, so. So I do, I do feel like, maybe I have to rethink it because like growing up as a a queer kid it was like that wasn't even on my radar like the possibility of being a parent like it's not something I ever saw it's just like assumed even my mom like has talked to me about how she just assumed like oh I mourned my future grandchild um but it's like I just wasn't something that was out there now that I know that it's possible I could rethink it but also I really love having my whole paycheck myself it's amazing listen word oh my gosh i don't even have a puppy i'm just like it's yeah. gonna die because i'm irresponsible no and then Tracy. animal cps yeah. is gonna come lock me up yeah. so i'm not gonna get a kid Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I enjoy your company so, so much. So thank you. Going Through It is an original podcast created in partnership with MailChimp and Pineapple Street Studios. Executive producers for Going Through It are Jenna Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, and Agaranesh Ashagre. Shout out to the producers of Going Through It. Our lead producer is Josh Gwynn. Production by Jess Jupiter and Emmanuel Hapsis with production support by Janelle Anderson and Alexis Moore. Our editor is the original funky diva, Miss Leela Day. Also, thanks to all the voices of the folks that you heard sound off in this episode. Let's hear those names. Trent, Drea, Bim, Nicole, and their moms. Joanne, Brenda, Darcel. Our original music is by Dawood Anthony and our engineer is Hannes Brown. Special thanks to Eleanor Kagan for being the alpha and the originator of this entire party. Stay in touch. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Broken McPoverty. Tell all of your friends about the show and maybe even three enemies. Just thinking about it. Empathy is the new it's the new thing that the kids are doing. Make sure to rate and subscribe to Going Through It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever free podcasts are sold. And that's our show. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.